Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Michael Rock. I'm Brendan Collins, and this is the Balls Over the Top podcast. Guys, we got a lot of exciting things to talk to you about this week. A lot of things going on in the sports world. Mm-hmm. But we're going to kick things off with a game that just happened today, fresh off the presses. Bayern Munich against Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League final. Yes. Really good game, but super defensive. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, spoilers, Bayern Munich wins it 1-0. 59th minute goal from Kingsley Komen. Yep, off a header. Off of a header. And uh, that was it. Low scoring affair. Mm-hmm. Much more defensive than we thought. A lot of really impressive saves, though. Yes, both both Manuel Neuer and Keylor Navas both had really good games where they saved a lot of dangerous chances. But it was a it was a defensive battle. It was a real uh, you know one nil game is a, quite the grind, even if it's just in ninety minutes. Yeah, and, and I don't have the numbers to back this up, but possibly the world's two most expensive clubs. I mean, I, it, two it, of the top five. Yeah, pretty close to um, it. Two of the most dominant clubs, both of them on. Pretty significant streaks of domestic title wins yeah, and domestic of, success. A lot of success. Bad. Kind of the culmination of a, of a really impressive and well-executed return-to-play format for UEFA. Yeah, it was, um, it was good. I think they have to be happy with the way they got things done. Uh, no outbreaks. Nope. Um, all the team, there was good quality of play. Yeah. I know a lot of the teams might feel a little bit cheated considering all of the build-up games were reduced from two-leg home-and-away fixtures to a single match at an independent venue. Mm-hmm. But we had to make concessions. Yeah. There had to be adjustments. If you want to have a Champions League, you need to make adjustments for this, you know, for the time during the pandemic. You have to make you have to make changes. And, I mean, what's a home-and-away game going to do with no fans in the stadium? Exactly. So I think all things said and done, they did a pretty good job. It opened with Bayern as the favorites money line. Uh, they were minus 105. Uh, PSG was plus 230. Mm-hmm. So kind of the way everybody expected. But yeah. I would imagine people expected more fireworks. Yeah, I, I would have expected a couple more goals. I mean, you have Robert Lewandowski. And you also have, you know, Neymar and Kylian Mbappe playing in a game. You think, well, oh, it's going to be, a, a, you know, a, a total shootout. There's going to be a bunch of bunch of goal scoring but that was not the case it was a it was a very good defensive effort both yep, back lines looks very impressive can't reiterate enough some really fantastic saves as well true uh moving on we have the little brother of that tournament the europa league mm-hmm. uh, had its final and uh we had a pretty good pretty entertaining game there as well yeah. sevilla won three to two against inter milan really entertaining first half mm-hmm. saw four goals four goals two to first two half. Luke a de rare Jong. occurrence. Yeah, Luke de Jong with a brace, which ended up earning him the man of the match for the game. Yeah, came uh, in the thirty third minute too. It was a lot of lot of early fireworks. And then in the uh, in the second half, we had a bit of a stalemate. Both teams seemed really um, stubborn, really didn't want to concede, mm-hmm. and it ends up being a fluke goal, a beautiful bicycle kick that then gets deflected right into the net mm-hmm. by Romelu Lukaku, yeah. uh, who scored the opening goal of the game after earning a penalty in the yeah. fifth. Yeah, so, so it was a... Really a dramatic finish. I was disappointed. I was really hoping to see Inter Milan win. Uh, they were my pick for the tournament. But, again, UEFA cannot be disappointed with the product that they put out, with the games that, you know, with the way everything unfolded. It was quite it, impressive. It was, it was done well. Yes. Um... 
it's funny though the Europa League final and semifinals were actually occurring simultaneously with a lot of the play-in rounds for next season's tournament mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty funny you you had almost like uh, we were caught in a time loop yes we had we had games going on for the 2020 2021 tournament and games still finishing from the 2019 2020 tournament uh, going on at the exact same time. So it was cool to watch. I think it took a lot of uh, really proper execution and planning from UEFA and the host cities, and I think they did it well. Yeah, so, they did a very, very good job. Um, I think they should be happy with it. Moving over to the sport stateside, the MLS is coming back, mm-hmm. uh, or just came back, I should say. They just initiated phase one of their return-to-play format to finish the regular season. Yes. I was really happy with their product in the bubble. It's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to life outside of a bubble. Mm-hmm. A lot of the teams are hosting home matches at their at their stadiums. It's going to be a fascinating thing to see. Um, one thing that's even more interesting about that is not only are teams hosting games at their home stadiums, but actually four clubs it looks like, are going to be allowing fans into the stands. Mm -hmm. We touched on this last week when FC Dallas had fans in the stands that booed during the Black Lives Matter demonstrations. Mm -hmm. But now three other cities, uh, Sporting Kansas City, Orlando City FC, and Rail Salt Lake, are all going to be allowing fans in in some capacity. Yes. I'm really curious to see how this works. I'm curious to see if it works. I'm curious if it might lead to any further shutdowns for the team to stop play, mm-hmm. or if maybe it would just be stopping fans from coming, like a change in that policy, depending on the success or failures of it. Yeah. But I'm. it's got my interest. I mean, from the looks of it now, they're the first North American sport to now also be allowing fans back in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um what are your thoughts? I'm uh, I'm very skeptical. Uh, I think just because of the potential for the spread, I don't think it's worth it. I think it's weird that the owners are all saying it's not a financial reason that they're allowing fans in. It's just purely out of demand of the fans. Um, I think that could potentially be a real problem. It could be uh, it could lead to large shutdowns. It could lead to delays in the season or even cancellations of some team seasons it's a it's kind of a pandora's box it seems silly to want to open at the moment but we have more fun news from the mls there's a there's a little bit of star power influx coming in in the place of blaze matweedy joining inter miami david beckham's club down in miami um it's always nice to see um talent come from europe playing the MLS, and uh, Blaise Matuidi's got quite a bit of pedigree coming from a uh, Juve club and a, uh, PS- and a run at PSG. He's been a, a top-flight player for a long time. A lot of trophies, a lot of titles, really one of the more decorated players to come to the MLS. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, up there with the likes of David Villa, Andrea Pierlo, you know, Didier Drogba, I mean, a perennial pretty much won anywhere he went, was playing at a lot of the top-tier clubs. Playing in a lot of European contests, playing 
even for the French national team, which has been a uh, a quite talented national side. I mean, yeah, World Cup winner. Yeah, exactly. So that's really impressive. Um, and since the restart, we've had a lot of really good games. Yeah. Uh, we had an El Trafico. Uh, we had Atlanta versus Nashville. Inter-Miami, speaking of, got their first win yes, uh, of, of, franchise exa- yeah, of franchise existence uh, with a 3-2 to two win the other night over Orlando City, mm-hmm. which who was, you know, coming off of the MLS Cup run that they had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big deal. It shows that this team really isn't isn't to be overlooked. I mean, I know yeah. it's their first career win, but... Uh, I mean, they had a rough tournament. It wasn't a great start for them, but getting your first win matters, and getting the first win against the MLS's back tournament cup winners, it's, yeah. a, it's and, a big statement. And considering they're going to be adding Blaise Matuidi, I mean, he didn't play in that game. Right. He still has yet to make his debut. It's going to be, uh, they're going to be a team to watch right off the bat. Yep. Um, you know, the Union had their first game on Thursday night. They uh, they played to a nil-nil draw. It wasn't super exciting. We had a New York derby. That was uh, entertaining with the Rebels winning one nothing. Um, so there's definitely been some quality games since the return format started, and hopefully they keep you know negative tests, uh, keeping everybody safe. Yep. Uh, and who knows? Maybe some more cities. You know, optimistically, I don't personally think it's a great idea, but maybe a couple more cities will be able to adopt fans in the stadiums without incident yeah. if, if this goes well. If it does work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on from soccer, National Basketball Association, yes. the playoffs, we're kind of wrapping up the first round here. At least the first round's already been wrapped up for our Philadelphia Sixers, yes. fresh off of a brutal sweep to the Boston Celtics. First what in I, history between the franchises. Yeah, year, rich history of playoff games between these two teams, and this is the first time there's ever been a sweep. Yep. And I got to imagine that's going to be closing the door on Brett Brown's tenure here in Philadelphia, which I think is going to be looked at with a lot of mixed reviews. I mean, the first half of it, you had a turn. The the team lost a lot of fans. Yes, and was the worst historically bad. Yes, and he kind of rode. He was the one stabilizing factor, mm-hmm. and it's going to be interesting to see if this was the, uh, you know, the final chapter in Brett Brown's coaching tenure here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm how he's looked back upon and I think time will tell. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it you know, it's about what this team turns into and whether or not this whole period was just an experiment gone wrong, a waste of time. I mean I, I'm a big believer of what Sam Hinkie was doing and I think it kinda got knocked off the rails with the Colangelos. Yes. And any progress that was made during Sam Hinkie's tenure was almost immediately erased by Brian. Yeah, Colangelo. And then and then, you know, Gotta say, I'm not a huge Elton Brand, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't a huge critic of Elton Brand beforehand. I, I used to think he was a decent solid, uh, a decent hire, was seemed to be a player's GM, maybe would attract some, we were told, free agent or or other talent to the yeah, city. Yeah, be a poll. You know, I, I gotta say, so far, I, I, I'd say I've been disappointed, and I think that was capped off by him kind of storming out of the game and refusing to stand with the team and, and stay stay present. Yeah, leaving, for them leaving with time series. still on the clock, even though it was, you know, definitely it's not a win. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a lost game, but there was time still on the clock. And seeing him leave the building like that, I mean, I'm a massive Elton Brand f- fan. I, I was a big fan of the player. 
I owned his sneaker. I owned a big man sneakers, which uh, nobody says. Uh, but yeah, watching him leave like that, man, it uh, it hurt. This uh, the season sucked. I mean, obviously losing well, and, Ben and Simmons. I sat there. I said, you know, I expected him to maybe be a, a selling point for free agents, but has he been? No. I mean, all of the players that are on our team, we've had to give up major assets to acquire, whether it be Mark, the whole Markel Fultz thing, which I wouldn't even say he's on our team, obviously. We got rid of him, but mm-hmm. what a waste that was. Yeah. Gave up two top five picks, essentially, yeah. to move. Uh, to One ba- pick up. To basically, no, I'm even saying, you know, to now, what we got from Markel Fultz was a, turned into a first-round pick, I think, from Orlando. So, I mean, it's not great. Yeah. But, it, it, you know, so we gave up two early first-round picks for a late first-round pick, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave up assets to bring in Jimmy Butler, who we then didn't re-sign. We gave up major assets to bring in Tobias Harris, who... We then did resign, but we, you know, that wasn't a free agent thing. And he hasn't was, lured was, anybody here who had the option of where they were going to go. And it was a yacht of a contract, and yeah. a, a yacht of a contract that we gave an oh, aging. Oh, well, we we did we we lured Al Horford here, yeah. overpaying him and giving him a longer deal than he would have gotten most other places. That's immediately proven to be a bad contract. So, I don't only think that this should be the closing of the door for for Brett Brown, but. I think this should be a countdown starting for Elton Brand, or at the very least, he's on the hot seat. Because uh, I'm, I'm saying clear house. I'm saying yeah, all the way top to bottom. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. It's broken. So, um, moving on from the Sixers, uh, another team that could be disappointed is uh, the New York Knicks. Yeah. They, uh, they had some pretty unfortunate luck this week after just years and years of terrible losing of... Uh, having terrible ownership with yep. Dolan, having to put up with uh, getting rid of your best player, the only decent thing to have played in New York in you know, the last yeah. several years. I'm not, the, the not addressing carousel. Carmelo, but they, they send Kristaps Porzingis away for nothing, and he's thriving in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, they at least had the bright side of, it's okay, we're going to be getting a top three pick. We're probably going to get the number one pick this year. They were... So excited for the NBA draft lottery, and they end up with the eighth pick, despite being tied for the best odds in the league to get the top slot. And I think that's just the life of a Knicks fan. Yeah. Uh, the T Wolves did win the lottery. Mm-hmm. They're going to go first. Golden State's drafting second. Apparently, which I've heard, they might even be open to moving that pick. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, we got plenty of time. When it's time for draft lottery buzz or NBA draft buzz. We'll be addressing it. Yeah, we'll draft be buzz. we'll be covering it. But you know, what a what a punch in the gut that is for the New York Knicks fan base. Absolutely uh, that brutal. That sure is dwindling by the day. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got to be hard to stay a fan at this point. It's got to be just the nostalgia, or you just got a lot of blue and orange stuff, and you got to keep up the uh, color scheme. Exactly. And so, uh, another interesting thing about the NBA uh, first round of the playoffs here. Yeah, the Sixers just lost. We just actually saw a really exciting buzzer beater by Luka Doncic to even the series 2-2 two to two with the L.A. Clippers. Yep. But uh, both number one seats lost their first game of the series uh, that they played in. Major, major upsets. 
Uh, Portland beating the Lakers a little bit less surprising. Yeah, Portland was coming in hot. Yeah, then uh, then but Orlando beating the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm pretty sure nobody saw coming. No one saw that coming. Especially to kick off the series, you thought maybe if they scratch out a win in like game two, three, or four. Yeah. But but to open up the series with a win, that was a big statement game. I mean, it might have ended up kind of opening the can because now uh, now they are. They got kind of pummeled the last game, and, yeah. and I don't imagine that series being close at all. No. But, you know, everybody always talks about the lack of uh, parody, parody in the NBA. The NBA yeah. And it was inspiring to see. I mean, I think that Lakers Trailblazers series is going to be a series. I do think that the Lakers win it eventually, but I do think that's, that's a tough one. And the games, I've watched every game of that series. They've been hard-fought games. Yeah, they've been real rough and tumble. But I don't envision that Buck series being close at all. No, and it doesn't. I think it ends in five. Yeah, more than likely, it's a it's an open and shut series. So, gonna have some exciting games coming up in the NBA. Uh, those series are probably gonna be wrapping up over the next week. A lot of game, a lot of series still have a handful of games to play. Mm-hmm. So, I imagine we'll uh, we'll still be getting ready to pre. We'll be talking about how these things wrap up and getting ready to preview the uh, second round exactly. come next week. Well, we got the other bubble league. Yeah, we have another round of playoffs that we need to get to, and uh, we're sitting here right at the fresh start of the second round of the NHL playoffs. Yes. So far, one game has been played in that, but otherwise we got a bunch of fresh series to look forward to. And... Uh, we get to talk about how we did with our picks uh, for this one, which, yeah. again, I don't know. I'd like to sit here and act like I'm beating you at something, but yes. I only went 500. Uh, you went three out of eight. Yes. So not a great showing for either of us, really. No. Uh, no medals getting handed out here. We're not uh, pinning ourselves. Uh, kings of the picks. Uh yeah, I had I had some big missteps. I didn't see Vancouver beating St. Louis. I thought the defending Stanley Cup champs were going to be a lot, a lot more difficult. But goalie troubles really put them in peril. Ended that series. Yeah, pretty... and they didn't seem hungry enough. I mean, uh, well, I'll also say the goaltending for Vancouver was pretty outstanding. It was pretty, and they pretty made it good. really hard to get scored on. I mean, they really did not give up many goals. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think that St. Louis looked too hungry offensively. They just kind of seemed like they were going through the motions more than they were, more than they were actually fighting for it. Yeah. Um, that's one that we both got wrong. Yeah. Um, the other series we both got wrong was uh, the Calgary versus Dallas uh, mm-hmm. series. Both of us were feeling that Calgary was going to be the hotter team there and kind of get the job done, and we were both wrong. Um, Dallas really showed up to play. Their stars really were stars throughout the series. Their offense was really firing. Yeah, I mean, Corey Perry played really well. Yeah. Um, the, you know, Seguin, uh, Tyler Seguin and Jamie Benn both really showed up and were leaders and got the job done in a in a series that was really hard fought. Yeah. Another one we both got wrong. Uh, we both thought that Columbus was going to pull off the upset again over Tampa yeah. after the historic sweep last year after after the Lightning finished with the President's Trophy. Mm-hmm. 
I think we thought banged up without Steven Stamkos, that team wasn't yeah, going to... Victor uh, Hedman, not 100%. Yeah, I think we thought that they were going to not really uh, get the job done, and we were wrong. They yeah. actually won that... Just after that first game, which was insane, yes. uh, there was a 5 you know, which we keep talked about last week, the five-overtime thriller. Yeah. Beyond that, Tampa seemed to have handled it with relative ease. Yeah, I, I think relative ease is the right word. I, it seemed like, you know, Columbus spent a lot of their gas in that first game because they never really looked fully recovered from it after that. Uh, they didn't win a lot of possession battles. It was a... Uh, it was a tough. It was a tough series for them. They didn't. Uh, they didn't come out on top of that one. Yeah. So those were the three that we both got wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the other ones that we agreed with. We both picked Vegas Golden Knights yes. to beat Chicago. Uh, I think Chicago. I don't want to say was lucky because it was a very impressive series, but Chicago really, I think, spent most of the gas in their tanks, so to speak, against that Edmonton series mm-hmm. to to get out of that first elimination series. And I imagined that Vegas, who was playing really well from the comeback uh, since the restart, mm-hmm. would still handle them, and, and they did. Yes. I don't think either one of us were too shocked there. No. Vegas is a good-looking team. Mm. They're good at scoring. They've they, had success already. They've been in. They've had playoff experience despite had, being had a young nothing franchise. But pretty much playoff experience and playoff success. And so, yeah, uh, that wasn't too much of a surprise. And we both also picked the Flyers series, mm-hmm. which, uh, happy about that, our hometown boys getting the job done. Scrappy series. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, it was more difficult than I wanted it to be. But a win is a win. Four yeah. to twos, pretty decent. Pretty and, decent series wrap-up. And I think it was a good test or a, or a good appetizer for the Islanders, who are a similar style team. Yes, very physical. That's going to give us, you know, some momentum moving forward. Absolutely. The last three series we split on. And yes. This was the difference between our, uh, between our our records, so yes. to speak, for the week. Um, I had the Avalanche over the Coyotes, which you picked the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, that series was pretty impressive. I mean, a lot of young guns on Phoenix. Uh, Avalanche have a little bit more playoff experience, a little bit more overall experience yeah and i think that really ended up being the difference in the series i'd agree i think i think it really it really shows how valuable that postseason experience is you picked the islanders over the capitals i I got that one wrong um i thought the i guess two now two years removed Mm -hmm. stanley cup champions i thought alex ovechkin tj oshi you know kuznetsnov uh, brandon holpe john carlson i thought the star power there I mean, they always give us a headache. Mm-hmm. I thought the star power there was going to be too much for the Islanders. And really, they were quiet most of the series. I mean, they came alive after being down 3 nothing, came back, roared for a game. Ovechkin scored two beautiful goals. The stars showed up for a game, and then they kind of went back to sleep. Yeah, kind of kind of went out on a little bit of a whimpering note. Uh, but yeah, I, the Islanders just play. They play four lines, and all four lines play a tough hard game it grinds down teams uh, it's it's proven successful in the first round we'll we'll see what happens in that second round though yep and then the uh the last series was boston carolina boston we differed carolina. on that i thought boston the higher seed mm-hmm. was going to ride the momentum there kind of pull that one out uh you thought carolina the young guns there the uh 
the youth and kind of sparks there, along with the experience with like the stalls and and some good veteran leadership and and, felt... and the and success in the restart. They were they were coming out extremely hot. Uh, Boston didn't look great. Yeah, and so I get it because Boston really looked lethargic coming out of the uh, the restart yeah. and uh, dropped from first seed all the way down to fourth. Mm-hmm. So that was a that was definite close one. Um, I think I still think I think the Hurricanes got screwed over a little bit with some of the officiating in certain games, but then again, that's just kind of hockey. You know, it's the bounce of the puck, it's the it's the ricochet off the boards that goes a weird you know weird direction. It's all part of the chance of it. Yeah, so uh, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a uh, a wrap up of the first round, or that was a wrap up of the first round. Yeah, but we got second round hockey. Second round coming up, so we're gonna we're gonna real quick, I guess, bounce through them and give our picks on that. Uh, we'll start off with the series that already started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado and Dallas played their first game last night. Pretty fast turnaround, considering the Flyers, Montreal, and then the. Canucks Blues series wrapped up the night before, but they're really wasting no time kind of pedal to the metal here. Uh, Dallas took the first game. That being said, I feel like I like Colorado, uh, or at the very least, I like this game to go or this series to go six games or longer. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a, uh, I think this is going to be a tough one to win. I mean, you saw it the first game, it was five to three, high scoring, high physicality. A lot of hits, uh, a lot of block shots. Guys really kind of laying it all on the line. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm I'm got an up here uphill battle here by picking Colorado, considering we're one game in and they're down one nothing. But I like them. I think they're a pretty exciting team. I see where you're coming from. I think I think this is going to be a long series. Um, Dallas's goaltending has been shaky, but I think their offense is just. Really hard to parallel. I, I'm going to pick them in the series. I think Dallas winds up coming out on top, but it's going to be a long series. Okay, and then we have two series starting up today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston versus Tampa Bay kick off around, I should kick off, but, you know, puck drops around 8 o'clock tonight. Yep. And, and then, then the late game, 10.30, Vegas versus Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start with the latter? We'll start out west and work our way back home. Uh, Vegas versus Vancouver, who do you like? Boy, this, I mean, this is another series where both teams are coming off a uh, pretty hard-fought uh, series. You know, Vegas came off uh, playing against the Blackhawks, which is, I mean, tough team, a lot of experience, a lot to work work with. Both two very fast teams, a lot of speed on the ice, um, a lot of goals come in transition. It's going to be a really fun series to watch. I think I'm going to give the edge, though, to the Vegas Golden Knights, I think they just have a little bit more depth. It's just a little bit more productive. I think they come out in the end. Uh, but yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Where where are you falling on this? I'm honestly, well, we're on the same side of the coin here at least. I think Vegas is the better team. Um, despite Vegas being a young team literally and only having been around a couple of years, they got built with a lot of, uh, through that expansion draft and then free agency, a lot of veteran leadership, some cup experience, some guys who had been around the league for a while and maybe because of contract situations or 
maybe a, a backflow or a backlog of, of a position mm-hmm. ended up on that team but by no stretch I, would i say they're inexperienced no they've or even right, second tier players a lot of a lot of valuable players wound up they came right off right the there. bat they they were successful they made the playoffs they made a deep playoff run they uh, meanwhile, on the other side of that, you have a Vancouver team that's fresh off of a rebuild. I, I mean, they just kind of moved on from the old guard of the Sedins. Uh, they knew they, goaltending, knew pretty much everything. Yeah, it's and, been very revamped. so I think that's exciting. I think they have a lot of things to build on, and I think their playoff run right now, knocking off the defending champs, is right in there with that. However, I think their inexperience is going to show. Yeah, I don't know if they've, uh, you know, if they've had the the playoff pedigree that Vegas already has in its short history. Mm-hmm. I do think the lack of fans and the coronavirus styled season with the layoff in the middle might give them a bit of a benefit, where they're not having to play a long playoff grind following a long regular season. Mm-hmm. There was a three month gap in there, but I still think Vegas overcomes that and takes this series. The other series, Boston versus Tampa Bay, back to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really exciting. I think we at risk, uh, fool me once, shame on me, uh, fool me twice, uh, ain't going to fool me again. again. I think Tampa Bay is banged up. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're tired. Yeah. I think they're even the guys who are playing are, are playing kind of bruised and battered. Yeah. And... Despite it not going that many games, if you look at the amount of periods played against the Columbus Blue yeah, Jackets, the minutes played, that series was really long. Uh, Boston really inspired me. I don't want to say inspired me, but Boston looked like they finally woke up yeah. during the Carolina series. Yep, especially and, to close out. And I would imagine that they kind of revert to their regular season form of just being the more complete team. I, I think if Steven Stamkos is in the lineup it's a different conversation or yeah. at least it, it you know would put a different tilt possibly on this matchup but i think as things stand boston in my mind gets the upper hand yeah and i think the other thing that boston has kind of going for them is because tuka rask uh you know opted out left the bubble is not with the team you now have uh, a club playing for their backup goaltender and it you know they really want to step up for the guy he's kind of their you know last line of defense they really want to back them. It wouldn't surprise me to really see Boston show up, really take this series uh, by the reins. And we got the last one, the East. We got the hometown team. We're not betting against them. Uh, I really like the Flyers in the series. Um, I think one for one, if you were to go through the roster, you like. I think I would like the town on the Flyers almost more, uh, line to line. Um, I think we because you know both teams roll four lines. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a good matchup for us. I think uh, I'm excited to see how we look. What are and your I, thoughts? I would still argue that we're the hottest team in hockey right now. Mm-hmm. I know that was a tough fought series against Montreal, but I would argue maybe that's the boot in the ass we needed. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be scrappy. It's a Metro Division, yeah, playoff matchup. But I like our odds. I like our chances. And I'm, as you said, rolling with the home team. I'm picking them to advance and excited to see how these uh, conference finals would or will look uh, 
in the next week or two. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we're moving on to Major League Baseball. Yeah, Major we're, League Baseball. We're stepping outside of the bubble. Yeah, um, into the batter's box. Yeah, really some exciting stuff going on this week in the sport. Yeah, um, a lot of news coming out of baseball. Some, uh, on, for starters, at least, some non-COVID-related news, which is always a breath of fresh air. Uh, San Diego Padres have been absolutely on fire. It's the Slam Diego, as we have it written here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they have an MLB record for consecutive games with grand slams. Yeah, it's it's been it's been wild. Six consecutive games. It hasn't happened before. Might um, not see it for a long time. Loading them up and knocking them down. Yeah, they're uh, they're getting runs on base. They're getting runs home. You know, I, I wonder if Tatis is kind of rubbing off on everybody. It uh, seems like it seems like that little influx of star power is really spread across uh, yeah, the line. Yeah, exactly. And that's a team that's really, you know, hasn't been on the map too much in the past several years. But no, they've had a know, kind of quiet rebuild with the Chargers leaving the San Diego area and them kind of being the only powerhouse major professional sport there. I think it's a big step for them. Yeah. I think that this could be, you know, they, they made a splash when they signed Manny Machado, but they've been really making some noise. Putting out a product on the field is what makes the most noise. Yes. And I think that this team seems to have all the tools and that this isn't just a flash in the pan. No. But that they might be a real threat out in the West there. Yeah. They, they look like a, a legitimate team. Um, pitching isn't always there, but if you're scoring enough runs, it doesn't matter. Exactly, and they're not just getting it from one guy. No. So that being said, uh, yeah. coming back to a team that doesn't necessarily have all the pieces together right now, Philadelphia Phillies, our hometown team, have been absolutely brutal to watch uh, with regards to essentially anything fifth inning on. It seems like their bullpen, is, well, their bullpen is the worst in the majors. It's yeah. not, they don't seem like it. They it, statistically it, are. Yeah, it's the worst in recent memory. And, you know, no... No lead is safe. No, it, it you could be up. You know, we've been up six runs, seven runs, and uh, they've gotten squeaked away by just terrible bullpens producing much. But we've got an influx of uh, of three new pitchers that we're we're hoping maybe starts to right the ship. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it was obvious Matt Clintack got backed into a corner, and he needed to make some moves. Yeah, he had to do something. And so. They brought in uh, Heath Hembry and David Hale for some kind of relief, uh, some middle-inning, late-inning relief. And then Brandon Workman, uh, who had a pretty impressive last year with the the Red Sox, Mm -hmm. solid, you know, reliever. Yeah, solid closer. Closer, there there it is. Um, So they did give up, I mean, not, not a ton there. It's nice to get some relief. Hopefully, hopefully that does uh, result in some actual results uh, on the field because it's been tough. I mean, and, and again, it makes you imagine how discouraging it is for players slapping home eight runs. The starting pitcher only allows one, and then they, he leaves the game, and the bullpen collapses. Yeah. Like, it, it's got to stop. No, it's, something has to change. Uh, so we've got... We've got a story, just a little side story about baseball this season. We've seen a lot of injuries, and, you know, it's a short camp this year, and we're seeing, you know, 70% of the injuries coming out of the season is all going to the pitchers. Uh, Really, one makes you wonder if the short camp impacted the arms this season, if uh, if players are getting a little run down this season. What What are you thinking? 
Well, I got to imagine it's a combination of things, right? Uh, I think the shortened prep time, the shortened camps, you know, especially gaps in there. I mean, keep in mind, pitchers and catchers reported for spring training prior to March mm-hmm. when COVID really kind of overtook the United States. Yeah, it really so, caused the, the majority of shutdowns. So they had this weird semi-off season where they start to get into a groove and then all of a sudden told to go home that they can't work out with anybody everything shuts down for a few months and then they're rushed back into action to suddenly be ready to pitch not only major league level but at an accelerated schedule yeah very condensed 60 game season yeah i I just got to imagine that even the stress level there even you know because these aren't contact injuries no these are these are non-contact muscle joint injuries Mm -hmm. that or, or ligament that you know i think come from pressing somebody into too high of a workload on too short of notice and i think that's a real concern for these teams because only one team can win it this year yeah only one team can win it this year and yet you might be sacrificing some of the long-term value or health of some of these assets yeah some of the players there, it seemed if these trends continue and these numbers continue, they could be getting themselves into some real hot water. Yeah, it could be it could be a real problem. Uh, another team that had a little bit of a problem this week, Mets have an outbreak, a positive test. Yeah, I mean, we were going to be looking at this week as the first week that all thirty teams were playing again. We could yeah. have had a full week without any outbreak or any teams having to stop. And just when we started to get greedy. It came back to bite us. Yeah, we gotta we gotta replace the countdown with the uh, the old zero placard again. It's exactly, getting a, little, getting a little dirty. Days since last incident. Yes, you know, um, the New York Mets had an outbreak. Uh, it ended up being not a huge deal. Uh, the whole team tested positive four days later, or sorry, tested negative for four days later. Yeah. Um, but they did lose a whole series against the Yankees. They were supposed to have a Subway series, which I know a lot of people, especially the top sports market in the country, New York, look forward to. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make it up, yeah, but now maybe with, what, two double headers, yeah, or something. It just kind of cheapens it a little bit, especially with the seven-inning rules. But thankfully, all the players are clean. We'll hopefully be able to resume, and then maybe, who knows, maybe come next episode will be the first week that no teams missed a game yeah. from COVID. But It'd be fun. we're still working on it. It'd be fun to use one of the different numbers. We, and we also have a little bit of a different kind of outbreak, a little outbreak of some bigotry coming from a hot mic. Yeah, veteran play-by-play announcer and color commentator Tom Brenneman, uh, who is a staple on Fox broadcasts, both with Major League Baseball and the NFL for really since the early 90s. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's been with Fox over 25 years. Yeah, I mean, his, his dad also was a Cincinnati Reds announcer yeah. for... Ever, I mean, and, and he's been there working with them on TV, you know, for 15 years. But uh, they caught him on a hot mic. They caught him uh, coming back from commercial break using a homophobic slur. Yeah, against, uh, against Kansas City. Against Kansas City, it seemed like, uh, or at least that's, as a listener, I guess, what you would that's what, what you, you would infer if he's the home broadcaster. But Assume. what a weird series of events i mean talk about lack of professionality um just dropping the ball ruining your career yeah the funnier part too not that not that the situation's funny but 
he tried to apologize for it. Yeah, in, on, in, in the same in broadcast. In the middle of the broadcast, like, he, he got, he realized, I guess, Twitter, everything like that, and goes to apologize, and just mid-apology starts talking about the game again. Like, like middle of the apology, somebody just, like, smacks an RBI, and he's just like, I am, from the bottom of my heart, so sorry if I offend. Oh, and here's a line drive shot, and a run is going to score. Reds with the lead. So sorry from the bottom of my heart. Like, like I don't even, like, how do you, wow. Try, his moment of trying to save his career. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the best he's got. Well, I guess in that sense, he's a true professional. Yeah, right. In that one in that singular. One, in that one instance, you can't, he's going to have a lot of HR complaints. I was going to say, but, don't talk to HR, but, but. In that one way. In that one way. If you're dedicated to getting game information out, hey, he's your guy. Yeah, he is. He's the top candidate. So, moving on from baseball, the other team that's trying to stay out of a bubble and that's near and dear to our hearts, the NFL. We got three weeks. A little bit less than that, like like two and a half. Yeah. Until the season comes back, and wow, it is. Uh, we're coming down to the wire here, and and I'm. I am sweating. Yes. I am nervous. I am filled with anxious and anxiety and anticipation. Uh, I'm really curious to see how all of this unfolds. Uh, news-wise, there was a, a series of, post, uh, of false positives that came from uh, COVID tests from an NJ lab. This was only significant because it allowed a bu- it caused a bunch of teams some delays. Yeah, uh, you know, they a had bunch to shut down. Post-con. Precautionary. Um, things like that, but I do think that maybe that is a testament. I'd rather pos- uh, false positives than false negatives, and I'd rather teams be successfully shutting down to try and curve the spread of anything rather than trying to hide the you know ramifications of a positive test and putting the the season and team in jeopardy. But you'd hope that they can get this kind of thing ironed out and more efficient come season time. You you would you would hope so. Uh yeah, I mean it is there are positives to come from it. They did they acted quickly. They, you know, released their decisions. They notified everybody who needed to be notified. And those are a lot of good things. But man, if this happened week 1 of the season and then you have to deal with those delays, then, you know, what kind of what kind of problems does that cause? Also, this is you know, the NFL, like, are we 100% sure they were false positives? We don't know for sure. You know, more more testing, there's always going to be flaws in the test. It could it it could lead to some potential problems, but at least they handled it well this first go-around. The other big thing coming across the desk for NFL news is veteran safety, former All-Pro, former Pro Bowler Earl Thomas from mm-hmm. the Legion of Boom and. Seattle had a huge, hugely successful career there. Just got released from the Baltimore Ravens following a altercation during practice. Yeah, dust up. Yeah, that's pretty surprising, at least in my mind. I mean, he was expected to be... He's a guy who, first of all, very well respected throughout the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's known for being good at his craft, but also kind of being a voice for a lot of players. Yep, a... a, a pretty much a leader in many locker rooms that he's been part of. Yeah, and, and who overall hasn't been drenched in controversy. I mean, there was the bit of time when he was holding out and then 
famously flipped the bird to Earl uh, to Pete Carroll. But overall, he's not a guy known for off the field issues, character issues, nope. or not being a good locker room guy. And yet they seem to have seen enough from him. Yeah. Uh, and he was off the team, you know, before ever playing a down there. Uh, you know, it's always significant when an all-pro player like that moves. I don't know how much he had left or has left in the tank. Yeah, but they could also just not like what they've seen from him. In a, and in we're using to this. this as a maybe using this as an excuse. Yeah. To cut ties, but surprising when when a player of his caliber, when a name as substantial as his is on the move before ever even playing it down. Yeah. Uh, rumor has it the Dallas Cowboys are the leading suitor to sign him, which if that's the case, then I hate him and he's dead to me forever. Yeah, he sucks. But hopefully he signs somewhere else and yeah. I can keep saying nice things about him. Yeah, hopefully you know? we can only have kind words for Earl Thomas. All right, I think that just about wraps it up for us here on this week's episode. Yeah, uh, we do have a special announcement, and that sure is do. that we are now available on the Apple Podcast uh, library. Yep. You can find us, subscribe to us, write reviews, or give us a five-star rating, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. If you're into that sort of thing. And then we are also still available on Spotify. We're available on Google Podcasts. And we're also on Anchor FM, so you can tune in to listen to us anywhere. Yeah, so, you know, share it with your friends. There's you have no more excuses. No. We've 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 put it out there. Uh and you can always reach out to us. We're on both Twitter and Instagram as the B O T T podcast. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah. Thanks for everything, guys. Thanks for listening and have yourselves a great week. Yeah. Have a good one. Go sports.